Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Joshua, let's start in chapter number 11. If you can turn back chapter number 11 and then keep a finger uh, there in Joshua 11, we're going to kind of contrast a couple of verses Uh, Verse number 23, and and this is where we basically left off uh, last week. Verse 23, so Joshua took what? He took the whole land. Okay, is everybody there? Joshua 11, 23. Uh, So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto unto Moses, and uh, Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto Israel uh, according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. Joshua, uh, we've been looking at the comparisons, uh, is the Old Testament equivalent to the New Testament uh, Jesus, okay? Kind of like John in English is Juan in Spanish. It's, it's a little bit like that, uh, but the types run far deeper than that. The picture that he gives uh, is stronger than that. And of course, we know that it's Jesus that that takes the land, Jesus, that conquers our enemies. It's Jesus that, that gives the victory. And so we're looking a lot uh, uh, at a lot of Joshua through that lens. Uh, but put down point number one, if you will. Notice first the defeated kings, the defeated kings. Uh, 12, verse 1. Now these are the kings of the land which the children of Israel smote and possessed their land. Uh, and he talks about uh, the east side of Jordan and the west side of Jordan. Uh, the east side of Jordan is for those that uh, didn't fully surrender. Um, uh, they, they stayed back. There was two and a half tribes that did. Uh, and then he'll talk about the kings on uh, the west side. And so uh, look at uh, verse 1 again. Uh, now these are the kings of the land which the children of Israel smote and possessed their land on the other side of Jordan. On the other side, the east side toward the rising of the sun, the east side, from the river Arnon unto Mount Hermon, and all the plain on the east. And then it lists the two kings, primarily, Sion, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon, look at verse 4, and the coast of Og, Og, king of Bashan. And so uh, there's two kings listed, and we know that uh, there was 40 years of traveling, 40 years of battling, um, but uh, the, the, uh, regionally there, uh, two kings were listed, and that's uh, Moses was leading them on the east side, uh, and the king Sion, king of the Amorites, verse 4, Og, king of Bashan, verse 6, them did Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the children of Israel smite. Okay? Uh, and so the two kings, east side, other side, uh, were Reuben, uh, uh, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh are um, uh, those are the ones that fell. Look at verse number seven. And these were in chapter 12. And these are the kings of the country, which not Moses, but now it's Joshua and the children of Israel smote on this side, Jordan, on the west. And so uh, you have Moses on the east side, and it's those two kings. Uh, and now Joshua on the west side. Uh, and here's the list, verse nine. Uh, the king of Jericho won, the king of Ai, which is beside Bethel won, the king of Jerusalem won, the king of Hebron Hebron won, the king of Jarmuth won, the king of Lachish won, the king of uh, Eglon won, the king of uh, Gezer won, and like we said last week, he was an old king, they called him (laughs) Old Gezer, okay, Old Gezer. And and so uh, it's interesting to me uh, that um, none of the names are, are, are named there for these kings, for these kings, all throughout this chapter. None of the names are named, um, uh, and, and in their time, and even in our time, if you're a king, your name is a big deal. Your name is known. Your name is heralded. If you're a king uh, in that time, but in God's economy, none of their names mattered. None of their names mattered. Uh, and God would name some of the, the, the most... Um, uh, obscure people in his economy, in his kingdom, that did a work for him, uh, because it doesn't matter if you reign a nation, rule over a, a, a nation, uh, if you're not in the will of God, a believer of the Lord, uh, your name really doesn't 
matter. Is that a little too strong? I don't know if that's too strong or not. Uh, but, but let me put it this way. Um, uh, the Bible is God's autobiography. He's the one writing it. It's a book written by him. It's a book written by him, a book about him. Uh, and the ones that are written into his autobiography, that's what history is all about. Uh, and the only way we even have a footnote uh, in God's autobiography uh, is if we're a believer and we're doing the will of God. I, I think that's at least uh, noteworthy. Look at verse down uh, at verse number 24. We're not going to name all of the uh, nations and all of the kings, but 24. Uh, the king of Terza won all the kings, how many? Thirty and one. Thirty uh, and one. Uh, Joshua uh, 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 is the one that defeated them, those carnal kings, and uh, our greater than Joshua uh, is the one that defeats ours, defeats ours, uh, those, those kings, those strongholds uh, in our life, uh, are greater than Joshua, and of course, he is the king of kings. Uh, he is the king of kings. Uh, and so, uh, I don't care if uh, you hold the most uh, powerful office in all the world, uh, many would say that's the president of the United States. Hey, uh, every knee shall bow because Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the King of Kings uh, and Lord uh, of Lords. Uh, I, and uh, also understand the Israelites fought and won the victory over these kings, but it was as they followed Joshua, uh, as they were submissive and followed Joshua, uh, and we will have victory over our enemies as we follow Jesus. Uh, as we are submissive to and uh, are willing to follow uh, our greater than Joshua, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, I also think it's noteworthy. There's going to be a couple of things that I want to uh, just kind of uh, uh, maybe seed thoughts. Um, I, I think it's at least noteworthy also uh, when he's listing the number of kings defeated by Moses. And I know there's probably more enemies throughout those 40 years, but it only lists two kings that Moses conquered. Uh, and then in a very short time, uh, Joshua, there's 31 kings. And if you want to uh, extrapolate that to where the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth by, by Jesus Christ. And so Moses represents the law. Jesus represents grace uh, for what the law could not do. That's that's Moses, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son, Jesus, in the likeness of sinful flesh, uh, and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh. So many people are trying to uh, get the victory, gain the victory by more rules, more rules, more law, if I just have more things that I have to adhere to. Uh, but, but don't forget, uh, here in our passage, Moses 2, uh, Joshua 31, for the law made nothing perfect. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. A better hope. That's Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so just kind of put that in the back of your minds. Marinate on that a little bit. Uh, I think it's at least something that should be pointed out. Okay? Uh, look at chapter 13, verse number 1. And here's the contrast. Now Joshua was old and stricken in years... Uh, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. Uh, and by the way, you know he's old and stricken in years uh, because God said, You're old and stricken in years. Uh, I also think it's noteworthy that he defeated the old geezer. Remember the old geezer, uh, whether he was old or not. Uh, we do know that Joshua, who was old and stricken in years, defeated all of those kings, no matter their age, some of them, I'm sure, uh, in vitality. Uh, but there's a big difference when God's in it, when God's in it, when God's empowering it. Hey, thank God for what God does through us. Now look at the contrast, verse 1. Now Joshua was old and stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years, uh, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Now here's the contrast. Flip back if you still have your finger uh, in Joshua chapter 11, verse 23. So Joshua took the whole land. So Joshua took the whole land. But then chapter 13, verse number 1 God tells Joshua, there remaineth yet very much land. 
Uh, and so chapter 11, Joshua took the whole land, but, but now in chapter 13, hey, Joshua, there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. But now point number two, we saw first uh, the defeated kings, two by Moses, 31 by Joshua, uh, contrast law and grace. Uh, but then the dual victory, the dual victory. In chapter 11, Joshua took the whole land, uh, and then in chapter 13, there remaineth yet very much land. And so uh, understand the land had been taken, Joshua was king, uh, but there's still skirmishes, there's still uprisings that had to be put down. Uh, and, and I don't want to over-allegorize this, and I don't think that I am, but uh, we, we all, even today, have two victories. There's a, a, a victory positionally, uh, positionally, and we also have victory practically. Uh, and so positionally, Joshua was king over the whole land. He conquered the entire land. But uh, practically, there was still day-to-day -day battles. Uh, there was still skirmishes, enemy attacks, localized uh, uprisings. There was a, a successful seven-year campaign conquering the land. However, however, uh, there are still going to be skirmishes, still going to be flare-ups, still going to be uprisings, uh, kind of like we still have today, even as believers, even as being in Christ. There's a story uh, in World War II, Japan surrendered on September 2nd, 1945. I actually uh, had to look that up. September 2nd, 1945. Uh, but uh, it wasn't until March 10th, 1974 that Hiru Nodada finally laid down his sword and gave it to President Ferdinand Marcos, the president of the Philippines. Uh, the war had been over for years, uh, but he was still fighting. Uh, 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 surrender uh, had happened in 1945, uh, but he and three other men were told, told by their commander uh, that went back to Japan uh, to fight, to fight, to stay, to battle, uh, never surrender. Uh, and they did so on the island of Lugato. Uh, they continued to fight. Uh, a year later, one of them gave up and went home. Uh, and then uh, in 1957, 12 years later, uh, a second one of them was killed in a gun battle against a Philippine uh, armed unit. Uh, and then in 1970, that's uh, 25 years later, a third one uh, died of a tropical disease, but Hiru Nadada continued to fight, continued to fight for 29 years after Japan surrendered, uh, uh, amassing uh, 30 kills during that time. Uh, and it wasn't until March 10th of 1974 uh, that uh, after this huge campaign, uh, thousands of man hours trying to get word to him, the war's over, the war's over, the war's over, uh, surrender. They finally tracked down the, the commanding officer that told him to stay and fight uh, and convincing him that it was the same man uh, finally gave orders for him to stand down by the same man. Uh, he finally surrendered with the rest uh, of the nation. Now, uh, for us, for us, um, we've been given uh, the victory already. Uh, uh, in Christ, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ presently. Uh, in fact, uh, in, in I, think it's, I think it's Ephesians that we're, we're seated, if you're in Christ, if you're a believer in Christ, born again, uh, we're seated together with Christ uh, in heavenly places. Uh, but I think you'd also agree that uh, if you're like me, there's still flare-ups, there's still skirmishes, there's still battles uh, that are still being fought today. Have we won the battle? Have we won the victory? Uh, is the war already won? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but there's still flare-ups, there's still skirmishes, but the difference is we don't fight for the victory. We already have it in Christ. Uh, we don't fight for the victory, we fight from uh, the victory. Uh, and and uh, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil is a roaring lion. Uh, he already knows he's, his, he's doomed. He knows that. He knows that. Uh, but, but as a roaring lion, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And in the tribulation, uh, Revelation chapter 12 uh, says, 
Um, the devil has come down unto you having a great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Now, do we already have the victory in Christ? Yes, yes. But are there still going to be battles that we still have to face and flare-ups and skirmishes uh, that we still have to go through? And so positionally, positionally, victory won. Uh, practically, there's still battles uh, to face. And so uh, I want to look at it just quickly. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Uh, don't just take my words for it. Uh, I want to look at it doctrinally just briefly. Um, Philippians chapter 3. If you'll turn back there, stay in Joshua uh, 13 also uh, with a bookmark. But uh, in Philippians chapter 3, when we're saved, we're seen as Christ. Uh, Christ, God sees us by way of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, were robed in the very righteousness of Christ. Okay, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 4. Though I might also have confidence, this is Paul, probably the greatest Christian that ever lived. Uh, Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust uh, in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day, Uh, of the stock of Israel, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, is touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Blameless. Um, um, uh, If you contrast that with with Romans chapter 10, where uh, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, uh, that righteousness of the law. Uh, Paul uh, uh, goes on uh, uh, concerning the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. Uh, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. And so he's working by way of the law, uh, and he realizes that that you can only get so far two kings conquered by Moses. Uh, Moses can only take you so far. Uh, And then verse number nine, uh, he says, uh, and to be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, even though concerning the law, I'm blameless. Uh, uh, If any man has uh, anywhere to boast about the law, uh, I am more. But even the squeakiest, cleanest of us all still falls infinitely uh, short because we've all sinned. And so he says, uh, I, I, I need to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. That's verse 9, Philippians 3. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Uh, and so positionally, um, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Positionally, uh, we have the very righteousness of Christ. Practically, is anyone in here living as rightly as Christ? Anyone? Anyone? My hand's only halfway up because I'm not. Get that hand down. And so, uh, none of us practically are. There's two parts to this. Positionally, we're unconditionally accepted. Uh, We're seen as perfectly pure, Uh, Not only on the cross did he take every bad thought, every bad word, every bad action uh, I ever did, God, the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all, but then at salvation, every right thought he had, every right word he said, uh, every right work he did, uh, it's called uh, the the substitutionary death. Um, uh, And uh, 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 and so, um, uh, imputation, my sin imputed to him, uh, his, uh, I was having a hard time thinking of that word, uh, my sin imputed to him, his righteousness imputed to me, uh, but, but practically, uh, though I'm positionally righteous as Christ, practically, I need to continue to, uh, uh, you see it in chapter 3, verse 12, we're still there, Philippians 3, still there, Philippians 3, look at verse 12, Paul said, okay, in verse 4, I'm more righteous than anyone, blameless according to the law, but it means nothing, verse 9, I need to be found in him, not having my righteousness, which is after the law, but that which is by faith, uh, the righteousness of God by Jesus Christ, Uh, but practically, verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, 
if that I might apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, positionally be thus minded, And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, uh, whereto we have already attained, uh, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. And so the two two dual victories, um, righteousness positionally in Christ, perfectly righteous. Practically, boy, we're, okay, it's it's the verse, um, uh, let's see if I can think of the first part. Um, uh, for um, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you. It's God that worketh uh, in you. And so Christ is in us. You can compare that with Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, Christ is in us at salvation, but he's not really seen through us because we're so thick with carnality. Uh, it's not until he continues to, to show his uh, right life through us, uh, and that's that practical uh, righteousness. And so, uh, positionally, when God looks at me, he sees the very righteousness of Christ. Uh, practically, Paul would say, but I count not myself to have apprehended. Um, I'm still striving. Uh, I'm still uh, um, uh, working. Positionally, salvation, uh, I'm seeing uh, as righteous as Christ, but, but, but uh, practically. Um, uh, uh, and so Joshua took the whole land, that's chapter 11, but then in chapter 13, there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Okay, you want me to show it to you, uh, maybe even clearer in another place? Turn to the first John. It's, if you don't know where it's at, it's right before second John, okay? Um, it's two books before third John. Do you need any more help? Uh, and so first John, go to Revelation and then back up about four books, okay? Uh, go to the book of maps and then back up from there. Uh, first John chapter number, uh, one, uh, chapter number one, look at verse number uh, 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 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so uh, we, we may end up starting the book of 1 John um, in the spring. I'm, I'm debating over 1 Thessalonians and 1 John. Uh, but if it's 1 John, understand this. Uh, there, there's going to be some places where it seems like, well, you have to be sinless. You have to be sinless. No, it's, it's, not, it's not to be saved. Uh, it's for a test of fellowship. If you're walking with him, walking in him, um, it's, it's uh, more of an assurance, and, uh, and the proof here is if we say that we have not sinned. You say, well, wait a second, that's in the past. Look at verse number 8. If we say that we have no sin, that's in the present. Uh, and so uh, he starts out saying, uh, all of us, none of us can say we have not sinned. All of us, none of us can say that we have no sin. Turn over to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse number 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. We're saved. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now, now uh, are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Uh, We're going to be so much better. Uh, We haven't attained yet. Uh, I count not myself to have apprehended. Uh, Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him then, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is uh, pure. And so I think the thing that we need to really grasp is uh, we're not uh, serving for the victory. Uh, I don't come to church on Sunday to try to attain. Uh, I come to church on Sunday because God's already given uh, everything, everything, I won't take you to another passage unless you have it uh, on the screen. Second Peter chapter 1, according as, divi- as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We've been given all things. Then verse number 5 said, and beside this, give all diligence. 
add to, add to your faith virtue and add to your virtue knowledge and add to your knowledge temperance. Boy, we still work, but it's not a carnal, fleshly work we do. Uh, it's in Him, yielding to Him, uh, abiding in Him, uh, allowing Him to live His life through us. And so, uh, positionally, uh, the whole land's been conquered. Uh, practically, uh, there yet remaineth much land to be uh, possessed. Is everybody with me on that? Uh, look at verse number 2, chapter 13. Let's look at some of it. Uh, this is the land that yet remaineth, all the borders of the Philistines and uh, Geshura uh, from Sior, which is before Egypt, even unto, uh, verse 4, from the south uh, to the borders, verse 5, the land of the Giblites and uh, six, all the inhabitants of the whole country, and on and on and on. Uh, but before we go to the next point, I, I do want to make special note of Joshua was old and well-stricken in years, and God is telling him, uh, there remaineth yet much land to be possessed. Uh, you still have a lot of work to do. Uh, Joshua, uh, you may feel old. I may have just said you were old, but, but no matter what your age is, Joshua, uh, there's a job for you. Uh, there's a calling for you. I have a project for you. Uh, and, and we're going to see in the next chapter uh, is where Caleb says, um, uh, an 85-year-old man, Caleb, says, uh, I want that mountain. I'm as strong today as he holds up his little uh, bony, scrawny arm. I'm as strong today as I always was. In the Lord, you are. Well, in the Lord, you have uh, the strength that every battle demands because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And uh, the weaker I get, the more I realize the true strength I need is not my strength, but His. Now, I also understand that um, uh, God still has a job for us, no matter how old we are. It may look a little different than the job that we were doing when we were 30, when we were 25. Uh, he still has a calling. He still has a project uh, for us. Uh, but it may look a little different than... Then, and, and I'll give you one example of this. In Numbers, uh, the priests that were serving the tabernacle, ministering in the tabernacle, um, Numbers chapter 4 says that they were to do so from 30 years of age and upward even to 50 years of age. Okay, uh, 30 to 50, the priests were to serve the tabernacle, 30 to 50. It's a lot like uh, some law enforcement, uh, some military uh, branches have 20 and out, 20 and out. Um, uh, uh, and so for the priesthood uh, that were serving the tabernacle, um, uh, it's 20 uh, and out from 30 years of age and upward until 50. Uh, I'm 57, and so you guys are on bonus time. But anyway, uh, at, at, at 20 years of age. Now the thing to take note of is in Numbers chapter 8, uh, the... the um, not question or quandary, but, but contrast comes. It says the age should be 25 years to 50. 25 years to 50. Uh, and some scholars have scratched their heads going, now, why the discrepancy? Numbers 4, 30 to 50, and then Numbers 8, 25 to 50. And um, I think rightly conjectured that 25 to 30 was kind of a training period, uh, kind of a mentoring period. Uh, kind of a assistant pastoring period uh, until they go out to pastor, uh, an assistant pastor period until God calls them uh, to the work he was preparing them for. Well, who are they trained by? In my opinion, they were trained by the ones that, uh, okay, 30 to 50, 50, 50, but then at 50, uh, they don't retire uh, to retire. They retire to train those that are 25 to 30. Is anyone following that at all? And so, as long as I have strength, um, as long as I have mental capacity, uh, I will be pastoring Rosedale Baptist Church, uh, as long as Rosedale Baptist Church will have... Anyway, uh, Dan said Sunday, if you were here Sunday, when I was walking off stage to get the wise men, is anybody here Sunday? And he goes, man, that's... 
I shouldn't say what he said. Um, um, okay, I won't say the first part of what he said. It was funny. It had me laughing. Um, uh, he, he said, I thought you were impersonating someone, uh, just kind of walking away from, and in the middle of, in the middle of, uh, and put whatever political leader you want. And so, uh, and, and he goes, uh, and so when you're walking away, I had no idea what you were doing. I thought, I knew there was going to be a time where we had to say, Pastor, you're not making sense, but I didn't realize it was going to be this soon. And so, uh, Dan, it's not this soon. I, I had my uh, faculties were there. And, and um, as I went to get my two wise men uh, to walk them back. Um, but there's going to be a time where none of us, none of us uh, have an unlimited all of us have a shelf life. We don't know what it is, uh, but it's not retiring to retire. Even at that stage, when, I, when, when I'm walking to get the wise men and, and Dan jumps me and drags me. Anyway, uh, it, it's not going to be retiring to retire. It's going to be retiring to speak in and train and help and bless uh, and teach. I uh, was going to open it up here um, for... Um, uh, the first assistant pastor um, that, uh, that we trained that went out, I was going to open it up, who is your favorite, favorite former assistant pastor? Who is your favorite former? Um, but I'll keep it here at this table. Uh, Jim Montoro was the first one, was with us 10 years. Uh, he's pastoring in Westfield, Massachusetts, at the same church he was at, uh, doing a great job, doing a great job. Uh, I think they have about 120 people, 140 people doing a great job, and praise the Lord for that. Uh, Billy Martini, who uh, was training here for 30-some years, um, uh, whether uh, a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or a staff member, um, is now in Brimley, Michigan, doing a great job. Um, I, th I think about other pastors, Josh Cox that took a church, and other pastors that are, Stephen Carter uh, in Ohio. I, I think about other pastors, one that uh, went to uh, Pittsburgh, um, that, that trained here, that trained here. Uh, um, um, and so the 30 to 50 active serving, 25 to 30 active training, trained by 50 and on. Does that make sense to anybody at all? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, if you ever feel like I'm punching the clock spiritually for the last time, I'm talking about uh, for yourself, uh, you're thinking about it wrongly. God may adjust what your task is in the body, um, God may, um, it may not look exactly like it did when you were 25, but God still has. I love Joel chapter 2. I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Uh, boy, the young crowd needs the older crowd. Uh, the older crowd needs the younger crowd. Uh, and we're better together, uh, and we need to embrace the younger crowd. The younger crowd needs to embrace the older crowd. Uh, there needs to be mentoring and teaching uh, and training. Uh, I say all of that to say God has a job for all of us uh, till death do us part, okay? So uh, put down number three. Put down number three. We saw the defeated kings. Um, uh, we saw the dual victory. Uh, number three, we see the divided land, the divided land, the divided land. Uh, and so look at verse number seven, Joshua 13, verse number seven. Now, therefore, divide this land for an inheritance unto the nine tribes and the half tribe, uh, uh, to the nine tribe and the half tribe of Manasseh. And so he's talking about the west side where nine and a half, uh, it's actually 10 and a half, but the Levites don't get a, get a lot. Remember that. Uh, the Levites, and well, where's our inheritance? God is your inheritance. God is your inheritance. Uh, and so, um, um, uh, and the reason it still stays at nine and a half uh, is because Ephra, um, 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 uh, because um, uh, the two sons of, uh, this is a good time, Dave, uh, David uh, Middleton, to jump in and help me out. But anyway, uh, and, and so it's still going to be nine and a half tribes. Uh, the Levites are out, nine and a half tribes. Uh, but it's divided from those nine and a half to the two and a half that are on the east side. And so uh, the two points, the two points. Number one, uh, the partial obedience side, the partial uh, obedience side, verse 15. Uh, and Moses gave unto the tribe of the children of Reuben inheritance according to their family, 16, and their coast was from um, Aurora 
uh, under the bank of the river Arnon, and the city that is in the midst of the river, and all by the plain of Mediba. Okay, 15 to 23, it defines Reuben's inheritance. And then Gad, uh, 24. And so we're on the east side, the partial obedience, the ones that uh, went in to help uh, win the battle, but then came back to the east side to live. You have uh, Reuben, and then in 24, you have Gad. And Moses gave inheritance unto the tribe of Gad. He describes that, defining and detailing their dowry, their inheritance, down to verse 28. Uh, and then in verse 29, and Moses gave inheritance unto the half-tribe uh, of Manasseh, uh, and this was the possession of the half-tribe of Manasseh, uh, and he details uh, all of that. And so uh, I, I think a couple of notes on this is uh, Reuben, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh, that said, we want to stay on this side. We don't want to follow the Lord uh, and go to the other side. We want to stay on this side. Um, I think grace is the fact that though they didn't fully follow, they still got an inheritance. Though they didn't fully go all the way over and actually homestead, uh, 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 live in that land, I think grace is that God still blessed them on the partial obedience side. Uh, I think character is uh, when Moses said, okay, uh, you can stay on this side, but, but you need to still go over and fight alongside your brethren until the battle's won, then when the battle's won, then you can come back over. And so uh, I think you see character in them, you see grace in God. Now, uh, do the last one, if you will, the partial obedience side and now the full surrender side, the full uh, surrender side. And that's uh, Joshua 14. We'll get more into this next Wednesday, but look at verse number one. Uh, and these are the countries which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed for inheritance to them by lot. By lot was their inheritance as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and for the half tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of the two and a half tribes on the other side Jordan, but under the Levites he gave none inheritance among them for the children of Joseph. And here's the one. I thought it was Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, I hate, I'm pretty sure saying it and then I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, uh, the two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh, Joseph's children. Uh, therefore they gave no part unto the Levites in the land, save cities to dwell in, in their suburbs, or cattle for their substance. Uh, as, their, as the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided uh, the land. And so um, we're going to get uh, more into this uh, next week, the nine and a half tribes, and then I think we'll even get into the part where uh, the Levites weren't given an inheritance, God was their inheritance. But, but I think the thing to take away uh, tonight before we close, um, verse number two, by lot, uh, they were divided, they their portions were by lot. Uh, that doesn't mean a plot, a plot of land. Uh, the lot wasn't what they inherited. The lot was the process by which those inheritances were determined. Uh, okay. Um, the last time we see that lot, um, that casting of lots, um, and, and the details on it is a little sketchy. There's extra biblical uh, writings that would describe either uh, kind of a dice, kind of an item that they would cast lots, they would cast lots, um, or uh, two stones, one black stone, one white stone, and the way they flipped, the way they, um, they would cast lots, um, or the Urim and the Thummim, the Urim and the Thummim that were on or in uh, the breastplate of the high priest, maybe those are connected, um, but, but God was providentially um, giving them the inheritance, providentially uh, doing so. We see that process in Joshua 7. Remember when Achan took that wedge of gold, those, uh, those, um, um, uh, that goodly Babylonian garment, those, um, and those shekels of silver, um, uh, and Joshua knew someone sinned. He didn't know who sinned, and God said, uh, basically, cast lots, uh, take them by tribe, and then by family and narrow it all the way down, um, we see them doing that there. You also see Saul doing it when uh, someone transgressed, someone ate when they shouldn't have eaten, and Saul and Jonathan were on one side, Israel was on the other side, and the lot fell uh, on the Saul and Jonathan side. That's 
1 Samuel 14. You also see it in Jonah chapter 1. Uh, remember when Jonah was in the boat, they were trying to figure out, okay, which one of us has sin? Which one of us isn't right? They cast lots. The law fell upon Jonah. Uh, and so it was a, a, a common practice, uh, an uncommon way to make decisions, but, but it was somewhat of a uh, common uh, uh, practice. Eleazar, Joshua, high priest, and others uh, did it. And I think the, the thing that we have to realize is the lot is cast into the lap. But the whole disposing is of the Lord. Uh, even when it seems like some of the chance happenings in our life was a roll of the dice, uh, God has control of all of the dice. Come on. Uh, when it seems like, wow, it was just, I didn't even, you know, it just accidentally that, you know, and now we're married. Uh, and so uh, something that you may feel, maybe it's not quite that big. Uh, and, and so, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm living in Maryland. I don't know how that happened, but um, it, it, even when it feels like life is out of control, never forget life is never out of God's control. Life is never out of God's control. Uh, and we need to trust in the Lord uh, with all of our heart and lean not unto our uh, own understanding. Boy, let God be God. Let God be God. Um, trust Him for, uh, and in the tribes, well, I didn't want, I need more uh, land than that. I only have this little portion. And uh, now, now, instead of complaining about that plot of land that was given to you, you'll see a little later on uh, that, that they're told, Go, you, can, you can take more land if you want, uh, but you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to battle for it. You can, you can expand the land that you've been given, um, uh, but uh, before we try to expand what we've been given, we need to make sure we're trusting the Lord and thankful to God for what we have, for where we're at, and for who we're with. Does anybody remember that from uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, not always wanting someone else, always wanting something else or wanting somewhere else. Uh, God planted you where you're at. Uh, God provided for you everything that you have. Uh, and God partnered with you, uh, the one that you're with. We need to trust God, be thankful to God. Uh, and then, then at that point, uh, if God chooses to enlarge your borders... Uh, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. If God chooses to do that, praise the Lord uh, for that. Amen. I really want to go into a testimony. We have a couple of minutes on things that, that have happened um, that made no sense during, uh, but, but on the backside, um, you can see the hand of God clearly on the backside. Um, you know, I could, I'll give one, I'll give one, I'll give a couple, uh, one, um, okay. uh, one, uh, I was diagnosed type 1 diabetic when I was 12 years old, I've had to carry it all my life, I, yeah, God keeps me on a short leash <laughs> uh, medically, I, my pump is on a short leash, my insulin pump, um, it, it's a pressure point that at any time, uh, sometimes it's that a helpless feeling um, uh, but, but God uses it. God uses it. When I was 12 years old, um, I wouldn't ever want it, and my heart breaks when someone else, um, uh, Joshua Payne's son, uh, was just diagnosed with it, and immediately we were in the car heading up, uh, wanting to close the gap right to their side, but God uses it. Um, I think when Joy passed away, um, of ovarian cancer, um, it develops in, in char, and, and again, you wouldn't ever want to go back, and, um, but, but to be a pastor's wife, to be able to run to the side of those that uh, are struggling with cancer, that have heartbreak, that lose, uh, Char lost her 19-year-old sister, Joy, through that. Um, my parents divorcing when I was uh, 14 years old. Um, it, 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 I can connect, I can relate, I it's not the same, but I can at least sit where they sat and feel it. My uh, stepdad dying in a plane crash. My mom dying in a head-on collision. Um, you know, I don't, you don't know all of the reasons why some of the tragedies in our life happen, uh, but we do know all things work together for good. 
to them that love God, to those that are the called according to his purpose. And sometimes it feels like a roll of the dice, a roll of the dice, but don't ever forget God controls all of the dice. And he at times uses them to shut doors, at times he uses them to open doors, but, but don't ever get to the point where um, the worst thing you'll ever do is get angry at God for something that he allowed uh, or doubt God because he might, may, may have forgotten about me. The best thing you'll ever do is embrace that thorn in the flesh, Paul, uh, because when we're weak, that's when he's strong. Uh, we find that his grace is sufficient uh, and uh, his strength is made perfect in weakness when you embrace that thorn in the flesh, be it the loss of a loved one, uh, be it a tragedy or a, a health situation. Um, it, sometimes it feels like a roll of the dice, but uh, always give God the benefit of the doubt. Uh, always understand that I don't understand, but someday I will. Someday I will. When uh, we're in heaven, at least by then, that looking back, uh, God will trace all of the steps and we'll be able to see very clearly how God used every step of the way to build us, to make us, to, to enlarge us, to strengthen us, uh, for us to be able to minister to other people uh, as they're going through the stuff uh, that they have to go through. And so, um, anybody a testimony about something that, uh, there's some, there's some that, We'll talk about a church um, tragedy that, that ended up bringing them to Rosedale, and they're so thankful that God used that to bring them to Rosedale. Um, uh, there, there's others that, that uh, there's, uh, they did everything they could to keep a marriage together, and they didn't want a divorce, but their spouse drove it, walked away from them, but, but, but God opened the door to a second marriage to where they're serving the Lord together uh, in a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, we, we really do get stuck. We, we get stuck under the circumstances, under the circumstances. But the one that's above the circumstances has his way in the whirlwind, and thank God for that. Uh, is this probably a little too heavy to try to do testimonies? I don't know. Um, give me Elizabeth. She's, if you don't know, um, Jamie Elizabeth is a therapist. Is that the right wording? Psychologist. Psychologist. That's a therapist with a capital T, a capital H, a capital E. But anyway, uh, and so um, her training and her job kind of turned upside down, um, but God used it. And you see it a lot of times when someone loses a job, uh, and it's just, um, I, I think the thing that we need to do is don't give a book review on the book that God is writing called Your Life until the final chapter, um, because it turns out beautifully. Uh, it turns out incredibly, uh, if you don't quit in the middle of it. Uh, if you don't end up throwing the book away in the middle of it, uh, just keep trusting the Lord, uh, keep uh, uh, leaning into the Lord, uh, and I promise you, if you're a child of God, uh, your story is going to have a beautiful ending. Uh, anyone else, just quickly, right over here, Rosie.
Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. And looking back to see how two tragedies connected um, and God used it through that, um, it reminds me a little bit of the terrible Sunday that they talk about here. Um, uh, was the first Sunday of 1997 uh, when those 30 men uh, were on the platform Sunday morning, the confrontation, the pastor, just the church exploded. They call it terrible Sunday. Um, retracing our steps on when I went in to tell my pastor that I know God called me to pastor, I, I'm going to finally surrender to it, uh, I'll do it any way you want to, and, and he lost his mind. Um, and for us, it was a terrible Sunday. Uh, I didn't realize they were on the exact same Sundays um, that they had a terrible Sunday here, we had a terrible Sunday there. God was preparing us for them. God was preparing them for us uh, and how God uses that. And a lot of times, we may not ever see um, uh, the handiwork, that, that thread that God has through that pain uh, until eternity, but just trust the fact that we serve a good God. We serve a God that loves us, that loves you, and God's still writing uh, the story. And so, uh, let's continue the conversation next Wednesday, but uh, let's do go to the Lord in prayer. And whatever's on your mind, that, that hurt, that uh, chapter that you wanted to rewrite, boy, let's just trust God with it. Let's right now just thank Him for what He's doing, even in those painful places uh, in our story. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.